Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. This is Megan. And on this episode that we've been promising for a while now, this is the haunted update that we uh, promised to do uh, from now on. Back uh, in June. Well, it, well, yeah, but because uh, we were waiting for stuff and now we just you might as well put it out because it's October. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think this month is a lot of catch-up episodes because we have a lot of content coming to you guys. And well, this is the spooky month. Yeah, of course, because everybody wants to hear more spook, more content from spooky creators, I guess you could say. You know, you're thinking, hey, Isaac, where the hell's the Reiki episode? Hey, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming after this one. Yeah, later I this know. week. Yeah, Yeah. it's coming. There's a lot to it, too, and it's really interesting. And I found a lot of really interesting stuff as well. So So this episode is basically describing our investigation we've done at the park that's near our house over the two nights we were there. Two different nights. Two two separate times. Yes, and it wasn't like a full 24 hours like we spent the night two nights. It was... um, We don't do that. We're too old. No. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, We have to find a babysitter that would do that. No, I think That's around an... I think around midnight or one o'clock, but like, I'm yeah. just sitting there like, I wake up, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be interesting, like, the dreams you would get at, like, a haunted location, though. If they're... Anyways. But I also wanted to preference and say that we're probably, along with this episode, probably release some clips on our Instagram and stuff like that of the investigations. We didn't actually release um, footage or anything like that, but... And we actually went live with these locations. So if you go back on our feed, you might find the actual videos from when we went. Yeah. 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 I'll see if I can. I wonder if I could link that in our stories, too. Yeah. Uh, who knows? So me and you went to this location uh, prior uh, to investigate the area and encountered some stuff, caught some pictures and stuff like that. But it was only until we had Mike, part of our team, show up there as well. Um, that everything went off the, the first. Rails, well, yeah. I was off the rails. Probably the most impactful investigation we've ever had ever in one night at a location. Granted, second night was interesting as well, but not so much as the first. Yeah, and just to give anybody a little catch up, the reason why we went to this park is I've gone to this park my entire life. I never liked it. There's a park that's the actual park area like a playground and stuff like that on one side of the street on the opposite side is like a softball field as well as like trails and some it connects to the waterway you can drop your boat down all of that and so I never really got anything around the playground like stuff here and there but I never wanted to go on the trail uh this park was also around when my mom was young and she has some personal encounter stories of things that she knows took place there not like written down or anywhere it was just like things that she knows kids from her school did over there you know Ouija board type stuff weird stuff um and then when I was part of a forum on Facebook about or page I should say not a forum page about haunted Camp Lejeune I was trying to figure out like pinpoint places that we need to look at because when you look up places it's kind of scarce and so scarce 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 oh I say scarce Oh, my God. Okay. You say tomato, too? No, I say tomato. We're just going to continue on with that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I know it's not the the first of mispronunciations of words that I do, so Mm. we're just going to continue on. 
anyways, so we decided to, I had wanted to go there for a while, but um, on this Facebook page, there were some people saying that there were some just weird vibes on the trail and that uh, this one photographer, she's like a professional photographer, caught this just like weird like shadow things in her photos and there was no way she could explain it. And she didn't actually see it when she was taking photos. So I was like, you know what? let's go. And so, uh, Isaac and I headed out one time by ourselves, but we ended up not investigating that night. We did a walk through the second night and then we knew immediately this was a place to bring Mike. And that's when Mike's investigation started with us. So Mike has become the unspinoke voice of the dead. in a sense like that, because he is very prominent with the SS method in a sense that when he goes under the SS method, it's like I'm having a conversation directly with the spirits there. Yes. Um, that's why I always call him the voice of the dead and stuff like that, just because it's like I'm talking to them directly. But, so we kind of start off a spot we, where you were before, which is with the head of the trail. If you're looking at the field, it'd be to your left. Uh, so we decided to make our way, way down there during the day, right? And then we went to one end, and then we made our way back. And then we started down the trail again at night, just to feel everything out. Um, during the day, we found a little trail that went off. That was kind of, uh, sorry, a bridge that was broken, but had pieces that you could still kind of walk on. And Mike finding a homeless camp that was on the other side of the bridge in the swampish area. Uh, probably a trail that was used before, but like I said, the bridge was probably destroyed by Florence. That was like, what? six years ago yeah now? yeah and it's also important to also put out there that it's it's pretty unkept once you fully get on the trail um you have places that are like closed off like that bridge was broken um a lot has to do with the uh hurricanes that came through and then two we found uh, a shoe yes so Anybody that doesn't know what the SS method, we discussed it a couple times, but just to give everybody a refresher, blindfolded, headphones on, plugged into a spirit box or ghost tube, necrophonics, whatever you want to plug into, and you literally sensory deprivize. You become <laughs> unbiased to the questions that are exactly. spoken aloud because you're not hearing them. You're just repeating whatever the spirits say or whatever you hear the spirits say. Yes. And the thing that's unique about Mike's in particular is that he walks. Most people sit down and just sit and do it. He walks. Yeah. And it's kind of insane. So as we're going on with the investigation, he is still connected and tuned in with the blindfold, with the headphones, everything. Um, So when we do our first walkthrough, you know, we kind of am looking in daylight to find any any areas we want to stay concentrated at uh any spots that give weird vibes and stuff like that and we go to the center and i kept telling mike the first times that we walked i did not like the bridge i didn't like that area well we saw a shoe uh it did not look like it was a little kid shoe it did not look like it got like stuck because i was thinking maybe it got stuck in the mud and got pulled off somebody, but it didn't look like that. It was and it was very... relatively new. Like I don't say new shoe, but like it hasn't been out in elements very long. Yes, and it just I don't know. It did not feel right um, to a point where like Isaac was messing with it and flipping it over, and I was honestly, I didn't, I didn't want him to. I didn't want to find a foot in it. Yeah, I, I. <laughs> 
Put it to you this way. I mean, this is a public park, but it does look like there's certain areas that shady stuff could take place. Yeah. And the fact that in different areas, there's a predatory vibe. And me and Mike couldn't really pinpoint if it was an actual predator, like somebody that preys on people, or if it was like entity-based. And so Mike, if anybody knows Mike, like he goes into the craziest places if he's getting pulled there it doesn't matter if it's like obviously the bridge was broken and he still went anyways so he went across this bridge and there you know he calls to us saying like oh my gosh there's there's like a like a camp here um nobody's back here but it's like a camp and it's just the vibes are not right they're not right at all and so we asked Mike, because I said, do you think, because he, you know, brought us back pictures. Do you think we need to go over there? And Mike goes, yeah, yeah, if you guys want to, if you guys want to go over the broken bridge. And so we went over to the, we went over the, and it was like a small thing. It wasn't like anything like an actual broken bridge. But we went over and, of course, there's tattered tents. Um, it It does look like, you know. A homeless maybe family lived there or multiple people there was definitely kids there was kids clothing all over the place didn't find the other shoe and that's what made me think once we found this homeless camp oh it could have been a homeless kid that lost the shoe but then i was very very confused because if you're homeless a shoe is very like very important you wouldn't leave a shoe there and like i said it didn't look like it got stuck in the mud and prior times that isaac and i were over there we never saw shoes and that's the thing is like i don't really think that the park people maintain the trails like they you know take care of like the the softball fields and the main circle area and maybe by the boat ramps but they don't take care of like because there's overgrown you know like weeds and trouble and bushel and all that stuff all over the place and so we went over there and the vibe was not right at all like it just didn't feel right like it, it was to a point where we literally thought holy crap, do we have to call the police? Because the vibe just felt very, like, true crimey, I guess you could say. Like, it it felt like we were in a place that we really shouldn't be at and something was going to turn up. Like, it did not feel right. Um, Best way I could describe it, too, like, they had a little seating area. There's a lot of really big burn piles, too. There was, like, up, like, dirt that was uh, piled together and but I, I don't want to say it like this. Like, you know, when you dig a grave and there's that pile of dirt, a fresh dug grave, it looked like that. And then part of me wanted to say, oh, OK, though, maybe that's like maybe where they went to the bathroom or something and they pile dirt on it, you know, or something like that. But the vibe is just weird. And I kept seeing almost like little energy pockets. It was like in the trees, like energy webbing, if that makes sense. And we would go through these and Mike would get hit with something. I would get hit with something. So something funky happened in that area, regardless. I don't know if it's something from the past, something that happened amongst the homeless people or what. Something wasn't right. I mean, there was like rolled up comforters lining where the swamp area starts because there was water down there. And um, I don't know. It just it was very odd, very weird, I guess. <clears throat> so we left that area 
Is there anything else? Did you, you pulled stuff from there though too, right? Uh, a little bit here and there, but it wasn't until the evening when the vibe changed. And so what we warned uh, Mike of is that during the day it seemed creepy, but when the nighttime came, it's, the entire vibe changed altogether, yeah. which it did. And we went to war, as I <laughs> always do in these investigations. Yeah. But pulling things here and there, and then hearing confrontation through Mike saying that there's something dark here, it's like that. And we walked down the trail, right? Started from the head again, like we started before during mm-hmm. the day. Walked at night, pulled random stuff. We got kept pulling until we came to the crossroads. Now, we call the crossroads the crossroads because we call any place in any location the crossroads when three trails meet in one center spot. Mm-hmm. We call it the crossroads because you have three directions where you can go. Mm-hmm. Now, there's only one crossroads in this area. Uh, this place was significant. Because um, in the investigations we've done in the past from other places, Crossroads always seemed to hold a lot of energy, that one specific mm-hmm. place. And we were right about this one specifically. Because while I was there, I was pulling energy here, pulling energy there, and um, pulling different entities here and there. I think I pulled a total of maybe eight things there while we were there. Mm-hmm. Possibly more. But what's interesting about that location is that direct spot, I felt something like dark for underneath. So I had my if you first time listening to the podcast. Definitely, right? yeah. Uh, Shadow Walkers episode one through five. <laughs> yeah, to understand Isaac's <laughs> abilities, because so my tendrils or my cords that leave my fingers that go in, they went into the ground, and I I reached down. What I found was like this cylinder, almost like a, a case, like a, a coffin, but in the size, the size of a coffin, the shape of a cylinder object that was down there. I pull it and put it into the ring. Right, just an immense amount of dark energy. While I was doing that, and as soon as I had it into the ring, I hear Michael, "Oh my God!" Right, and we, oh, me and you both go like, "What? What? Right?" And he goes, "Come over here, come over here, quick!" Right, and we run over there, and uh, what do we see hanging on the tree? So it was two handmade witches brooms. Well, one witches room we found. Yeah, one we saw one, but then Mike. Because obviously, if you're into the paranormal of any sort, if you know any backstory, good or light witchcraft, it normally operates in threes, right? Yes. So that's what we were thinking was there was three, three... Witches rooms. Witches rooms. Around the... Because after we found the first one, right, uh, we took it down, uh, it got rid of it, and then I found the second one... We were walked out from there, and then Mike was saying, there's got to be three, because it's a crossroad, three mm-hmm. pathways. And I flashed my flashlight, and I find one directly across on the other side of the crossroads against another tree. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, there's another one. We couldn't find the third, if even there was. Now, I was thinking that this was a marker place for maybe a pathway that this is the way you go, right? You come to find out what's the significance about witches' rooms on trees. So, there's a lot of, actually, a little bit more substance to that as well, is... The first couple times I went, and we had seen those weird markings on the trees. It looked like burned hearts. Yeah. Right? We ended up taking something back here with us. It was just a regular spirit. But I had communication where she said they're not hearts. They're upside down owls. Right? Mm. And this is uh, a spirit that we made communication with at the park prior to Mike coming out with us. And so I had said, because I had been doing a lot of research about, like, I've always paid attention to the trees, but 
in particular, we need, and before this investigation, I was saying to Isaac that we need to pay attention to the trees. We need to go back to the crossroads where those hearts are at. Um, it's important. And so when we started getting there, when we first got there with Mike and we were walking, you know, through the whole thing, he kept saying, there's something in the trees, there's something in the trees, there's something in the trees. And we couldn't figure out what it was. Well, witches brooms, obviously anybody listening, is actually used as a marker. It could be used for many different things in good and dark magic. But it basically, when you hang it up the way it was hung up, it's supposed to be basically where witches meet, right? It could mean the fact that there was like protection there, but the fact of the vibe and the things that were coming through, it did not line up. It it should have felt like a nice, serene location, part of the trail, if that was the case. But it didn't oh, and at the fact, all. You're missing a major fact is that these two witches' rooms were in a located area right above a loca- right above a spot that I pulled some heavy dark energy from. Yeah. Yeah. And so, because... And that's the thing, is like, over the spirit box... It was saying some because we were saying, "Do you want to cross? Do you want to cross?" And it says, "No, something's preventing us. No, something's preventing us." The brooms. It even came across the brooms, and because uh, after Mike saw the brooms, he had put the headphones back on, and it said, "The brooms stop us. The brooms stop us from crossing." As soon as we took the brooms down. Right. And that's what energetically that's what looked like was going on was there was like almost like a netting right between one broom and the other because the two that we found literally were like parallel to each other. And that's what it felt like is literally I don't know for everybody listening. There's different types of you don't know what spells were done, but like literally there could be a spell that they track whoever comes through the trails to just know who's in their territory um, it could be that, uh, I mean, it could have been if it was something protection wise, that would make sense. You walk through an energy netting and you feel great. And that's the thing is that when we walk through that energy, whatever it was, it should have felt great because essentially the way the brooms were hung, that would is to get rid of negative energy. But that's the thing is it didn't feel like that at all. Mm-mm. And and that's the thing to notice too. Those brooms, I'm sorry, I looked at pictures before. They were not there the first two times. And the fact is, we walked through that same spot during the day, broad daylight. Didn't see him. Mm-mm. No, it was up to Mike and his uh, I call him the spiritual hound dog to find <laughs> yeah. the, the the exactly what it was because he was just looking around. He or he said, I don't know how he said he found him. He just was looking and he saw one hanging from a tree. Which if you weren't looking. With any amount of purpose, you would easily disregard it as maybe branches in a tree. Because where they were hung, it looks like a branch in a tree. And the fact that those brooms felt so brittle makes me think that it had been out there in the weather for a while now. Rained on, dried. Rained on, dried. Rained on, dried for a good amount of time. Yeah. So, they could have been right next to you. No one really noticed from where they were placed. Yeah. And it literally, the way it was placed, is it, you know... Obviously, I've stated on here before, there is intent with witchcraft that is good and intent with witchcraft that is not so good. And then there's also different levels. And 
the way it looked, it just it literally looked like some Blair Witch stuff. Like <laughs> it, it did, it did, like, and that's the thing is like not only you know, and that's the thing is I acknowledge the fact that there is good witchcraft and there is bad witchcraft. So I go off of what I feel, and when I saw that, I was like, crap, because that's the thing is like, and I'll say it here on this thing. I don't, I don't really care anymore, but. Um, cause I used to be very like, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it on the podcast. Like about this area, it is riddled with dark witchcraft. And even, I mean, anybody will tell you it's, it's, you have to kind of be in the know to know, but like my mom who dealt with people that deal in black and she doesn't deal with people that deal with, but she knows people that have done it in this area. And there is very, there's witch covens that don't do the dark stuff and there's witch covens that do. And there's a lot of areas around here that there is stuff being done in public areas. And so, and I don't think it's fair when somebody practices dark stuff and puts dark intent with things, right? That it be in a public area where anybody can get anything attached to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that wasn't the end of Mm -mm. the weirdness. That was just the beginning Exactly. Because after that point, we decided to make our way back to the head point, right? Not as they call it end of the night, but kind of take a point of rest. On our way back, mind you, it was raining the night before really heavily and even drizzling throughout the night. So the pathway was blocked by water in some spots. So uh, to save you from stepping in the water again, we decided to take the bridge. Now, if you can imagine in your in your head, there's a trail, a dirt trail that goes one direction. And imagine the whole park itself is like a big old football field, giant open area space, right? But on the outskirt on the left, when you first walk into the park, there is a wooded trail that goes all the way around, semicircle, on the far end from one point to the other. Another trail, we call it Crossroads, one trail goes back up to the field, one goes takes you right back uh, the, the semicircular trail, and one goes directly back to another spot where the boats kind of dock and stuff like that. Yeah. On the trail, there are certain spots where it kind of uh, breaks off and goes onto a, a wooden trail, a wooden bridge kind of uh, walkway that goes around through the swamp. So you can kind of see the swamp water, see the the life in there, stuff like that. And it comes back around and meets you at another point on the same trail. So it kind of goes off and and it comes right back. So instead of going through the trail that has water uh, or flooded spots where Megan would get her shoes wet, we decided to take the wood trail back so we wouldn't have to do it in the dark. Um... And the thing is, we took this wood trail in the beginning of the day, too, because we said, like I said, the trail was still kind of wet during the day. And then we decided to go through the trail at night just so we don't miss anything spiritual-wise. But instead of going back to the same spots again and trying to get your shoes wet instead of, you know, because you almost ate it when we went through the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Because I investigate in chucks. I should probably buy some... Boots. Boots. But I... Yeah. Anyway. So we decided to take the wood trail back. Mind you, we took this wood trail once in the daytime. Now, this is important. And we made our way back at night in the dark. We're just flashlights. We're walking back and we stop in the middle of the trail because there was a board. Looks like it was broken off from the the, the wooden path, like a, a plank, like a two by four of wood with nails shot through, flipped upside down, laid perfectly in the middle of the path, just 
for someone to step on and have a nail go through their foot, mm-hmm. like a trap, right? Exactly. That wasn't there. No. And there was no one else in the park but us. Mm-mm. No one. Yeah, we didn't hear it was, it was running. We didn't hear talking. We didn't hear. We didn't see other flashlights. Nothing. We didn't think maybe it was a homeless camp. Yeah, but it was abandoned during the day. And again, we didn't hear anything. That was our first assumption that those people out there at the abandoned camp thing. Yeah, but that's the thing. If you look at the abandoned camp, like there was nothing for them. Yeah. The clothes were dirty. All of the materials, like of the tents, were. It looked like stuff was shattered. left behind. Yeah, it was like they lived there at one point and they moved on. Or like a storm came, wrecked their camp, and so they moved to a new location. Because there was no evidence at all that they were there even recently. Now, I can't remember if it was Unknown Mike. Unknown Mike. Mike from Unknown. We call him. We have no lot of Mike, so we give him a, a prefix nickname. Yeah. Uh, Mike from uh, Unknown Paranormal who said it, or someone else in the chat did the live, saying something about how Bigfoot would leave traps for. Uh, people at at trails and locations to get rid of them or like scare them off. Basically, uh, with the assumption or, or hinting at that might, we might have a cryptid in the area, intelligent one. Yeah. Uh, which we possibly considered, but it was just someone had to deliberately Ironic, yeah. put that there. Yeah. With purpose of injuring whoever walks back, i.e., yeah. us. Yeah. Again. Second, and, and, and the thing is, too, to mention, I think it's ironic that when I was back at the homeless camp, I don't even think I mentioned this part, but when I went through those little energy pockets, it literally felt like somebody poured poison down my throat. Like you could hear me in the live going, oh, my God, it feels like I like I ate something bad, like literally like drank nail polish and it feels like it's going down my throat and burning it. And then the thing with the witch's brooms, and we just thought it was ironic that, okay, we went through these energy pockets, we went through, uh, we, you know, removed the brooms and stuff like that, and yet now there's a trap for us. That's yeah. ironic. Again, not the weirdest thing <laughs> no, we encountered. The there, is, there is more. So we finally get back to the head point of the trail where we started from twice. Once in the day and once in the evening. We come back to find a branch that was broken off from a part of a tree that's about 12 to 13 feet up in the air. That we couldn't reach even with a good tall ladder. Broken off on the ground. Also on the ground surrounding this broken off branch were three about the size of a kiddie pool burn marks into the ground. We say burned because they were black. The grass was black as if it was burned but the grass was cold and that's the thing there was no temperature coming off the grass but it looked like perfectly three burned like the grass was like black but it looked like it was burned marks in the ground in a kind of a, a triangular shape yeah and the thing that's crazy about that is that like they weren't there the previous times that me and Isaac went there. Mm-mm. They weren't there previous time when we went in the day. And that's the thing is that's why we do a day walkthrough is to pinpoint all the weird anomalies and have the video footage of us going through saying, okay, this is weird. This shouldn't be like that. What is that? Why is that like that? To have that thing. So when we go back over the footage of the nighttime investigation and we go, ooh, that was weird. But did it correlate? Was it there before? That is why we do that. And we filmed during the day and we filmed at night. And so those marks were not there. No. It literally looked like, instead of a kiddie pool, it almost looked like a huge tree trunk, like, stamped. 
it was bigger than a trunk. It was. Yeah. It, I would say it's probably a good bit of measure by eye. Four feet in radius around, mm-hmm. right? About four feet in radius all the way around. Perfect, a perfect circle, right? Not like oblong shape. Just someone kind of try spray paint something. No, this was like a perfect circle. Yeah, yeah. Nobody could hand probably do that unless, especially in the dark. And and the the branch was big, and we would uh, the the board with the nails, the 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 tree limb. We would have seen that. I just heard know? that tree branch fall down. Yeah. So we left that night with it, all this weird stuff, video footage and stuff like that. And <laughs> uh, Mike from Unknown Paranormal was like, "God dang, guys! It's like what an investigation!" I remember he, he he had to call me literally when we got back to the house, talking about he's never seen an investigation like that and stuff like that. Yeah. Which in our in our truth, neither here had we. We didn't expect all that in the first night there. Yeah, because this is a public park, and yeah. it's been a public park since like the eighties, and so and it's in a neighborhood. So you think. Nothing can happen. Like, nothing. Like, what? You know? So, the second night, um, before I get to that, the second time we were there. Um, the second night we were there. Or, sorry. Before I get. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Let me collect my thoughts. Now, these entities that I take, right? They all portray themselves as different things to me. So, demons are always look like some kind of demonic entity. Always black. With designs in their skin, the more high rank they are. We have a theory about that. We'll probably talk in a later episode. But they always have different si- shapes, right? The sizes, heights. They look all different entity-wise. Even shadow figures to witches to even some wraiths. And a lot of things I've taken over this time. But never once I ever pulled an entity that looked like how we depict aliens to look like. Like greys or even aliens from any movie or show you can even think of, right? Now, what's interesting about I, what I pulled from the crossroads, I said, was a cylinder. But I knew something was inside. The same way, um, I should have mentioned this when we first started talking about it, the investigation me and you did by ourselves that one night. I pulled a giant metal ball from the middle of this giant field. The same kind of orb energy that I felt from Patsy's Pond, where I pulled that energy that only can classify as primordial evil. From the location. Sounds like such an evil villain from like a SpongeBob. Primordial evil. Right? That's what only name that came to my head. Anyway. So this metal sphere kind of gave off the same thing. But my tendrils shoot, or not shoot, can electrify. And I use that energy to cut open the sphere kind of same way I would like a welder cut open a piece of metal. In the ring where I have these entities. And this is all energetic wise. Yes. So people can... That's not like actual. I'm not actually having like like a big giant metal ball. No, no, this is like in the ring energy, right? But it portrayed itself as a giant metal ball that I cut open. Inside was a shadow figure with the shape of a Native American man, but he was dark. He was evil. For the energy coming off of the field and me to pull pull my right hand said so. Now, same kind of energy with this. Alien thing that I cut open the cylinder same way and found an entity that portrayed itself to me as an alien, which I, out of all the things I pulled and all of you, if you listen to a podcast for the last year, just the last year alone, you know, we had some crazy stories about the stuff we've taken down, come across in our cases that we've done. But this is the first time I ever encountered something that I was like, what the actual hell is this? Right. It all, all things an alien. So we theorized theory 
that the burn marks in the ground was possibly alien ship, right? And that's far fetched. That's far fetched. It's even made like. But to alien enthusiasts, they're like, yes, yes, I was. (laughs) Aliens, I swear I was. No. Uh, And you're not too far off. Because there's more stories. There's more stories. And we theorize it's possibly an alien ship because, one, it was super quiet. Two, left burn marks in the ground like as of heat. And also knocked down a tree branch as it was coming down. So we think, theory-wise, at least our, our assumption is that alien ship landed, knocked down the tree branch as it on its way down. Landed there for a second. But saw what I was, what I did and it was scared off. Right? Saw my tendrils, saw my energy, saw how I pulled from the ground. All that stuff. And then, like, holy crap, let's get out of here. And they left. So, that's why we didn't run into a ship on our way back. And that's far-fetched. That's it's far-fetched. far-fetched. Yes. But that was a just... A lot of stuff we do is. <laughs> yeah, but that's... that's. Because we've never encountered aliens, nor we ever dealt with them. No, and then... But then I think back to the Patsy's Pond thing, and how... Very similar. It's a public trail... And people go on there to hike, and we had some crazy stuff. And I remembered when we were investigating there, I kept seeing what looked like a Ferris wheel in the sky. And you had told me, and I didn't know that that's how settlers and stuff would describe alien ships, like when they technically thought they saw. Ferris wheel in the sky is from biblical times. Oh, okay. You want to go back farther. (laughs) Never mind. I kept seeing like a Ferris wheel in the sky. That's what I was seeing. Yeah, there's Bible verses about the burning wheel in the sky. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it looked like. So I was thinking in my head, you know, I'm the last one to say it's aliens because that's, I mean, I, I know there's stuff out there and I, and it even confirmed to me in the later part of the investigations, like maybe we're not dealing with just spirits here because yeah. So we the second time we went, we went all intentions, and the whole reason I wanted to go there is to see if Mike, like I said, being the voice of the dead, but also the voice of the supernatural, could make contact with the aliens through S's method. Because over time, in different locations, we've always got voices come through the spirit box that he describes as not human. Not even close. And not like demonic either, like not... Like more like frequency based, digitized yeah. than anything that he can't describe as. So yeah. let's see if we can make contact. So granted, we started the night as we ended an investigation, looking around. I think I pulled a few things. Uh, one entity specifically was being a real piece of crap and challenging me. I ended up taking him because he got too close. Uh, we Megan crossed some spirits over that were stuck there. And then we decided to uh, finally try to end the night in the field, open area, see the stars, stuff like that, and make our make do the SS method there. So we did get in the field, do the SS method, and Mike directly talks with an entity that says it's dimensional, right? Mm-hmm. Not in space, by dimensional, right? Mm-hmm. Dimensional being talked about making prayers to the source uh i asked it uh did i take an enemy of yours i think it replied yes right i said was it we asked different questions i can't remember what exactly was asked or said uh you the entire time i can't know what your energy was but what was interesting is that i always 
try when I'm talking to any entity, I talk or I try to, but I do talk in my higher self voice, which is a lot lower toned, a lot more intimidating, a lot more uh, proficient, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I decided to see if I could, I don't know, meditate and focus and portray at them to them as my higher self. I don't know what I felt. I just felt like I had an immense amount of energy all around me at the same time. Uh, Mike said he could, because his mind, he's blindfolded, but he could say he sees a lot of light coming from my direction. So I guess I was doing something right. Yeah. The entities kept, didn't say they're from a certain planet. They could just like that. But when the conversation was over, what did me and you see? Ooh, and I wish this would have been caught on the, because Isaac was wearing the body cam, which yeah. that was anybody investigating that uses abilities. That is a fantastic investment yes because it got the per like it got the perfect angles it got the perfect point of view hopefully at one point all of us will be wearing one mm -hmm. um instead of just one but of course you know it didn't fully capture this on video it was just out of frame ironically mm -hmm. ironically but it was like we saw these almost like the headlights in the sky that have described on other podcasts, but it was these lights. And yes, Actually, it was one light. One light, yeah. yeah. Um, and where we were was on the opposite side. Now, the, where we saw the light pop up from the tree line was on the opposite side of the field from us, so about a good 100 yards. And the tree line right there, there's trees and stuff like that. We see this light come up, like almost like, like a firework, shoot up, mm -hmm. hover maybe 30 feet above the tree line. That's a light ball. And then shoot up into the sky yeah and it was the the amount of time that it hovered it could have not been a plane because yes we do live near a military military base there is planes going back and forth uh but this the way i've never seen motion like this before ever ever from a plane from anything and that's the thing is like i have no other way to describe this other than because of the movement because I mean, you know, a shooting star goes down, so it wasn't that. Which, and then, yeah, because I mean, I, I when I first I rationalized it to myself when I saw it, I was like, oh, there's some idiot over there firing off firework, but then it was way too bright, and, and it also burst, it, it right? didn't burst; it just kind of sat there. I'm like, whoa, what is that? And before we had it, me and you had a chance to register, what are we looking at? It fired up into the sky. Yeah, yeah, and it was crazy because that's the one thing that I say on the the like dash, uh, not dash. Body but cam. the body cam footage, as I'm like, whoa, whatever that was, wanted to see, like, us to see it. And it was to a point I was laughing so hard because, you know, after we were done with everything, Mike takes the headphones off. I am so, like, we didn't even talk about the light, though, on the trail. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, we saw on the swamp water. Yeah. yeah. So before before we got to the field... We were seeing this ball of light. Like, we thought there was people on the water, right? Yeah. Uh, which I'm going to call it float. And I literally turned to Isaac, and I remember going, like, I feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable. I don't want to be here. Like, we need to get off the trail. And I thought maybe, like, I don't know, like, maybe it was actually somebody, and, like, we were going to get in trouble or something like that. And Mike is following this and it's just like just floating. And it's crazy because we've talked about it in the Bridgewater Triangle episode. It sounds like how people described 
puckwudgies, like how the light would follow. And but we don't have. I mean, there's no lore here about puckwudgies. That's in the Bridgewater Triangle that we know. Of. Yeah. Um, but if it's a Native American based thing, who knows? There was heavily Native, like this whole area was Native American tribes. And so. I oh, yeah, know. because over the spirit box, uh, Ashwalakanta was called out several times. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it was like following us. And then we have eventually, like, we're set, said, okay, let's just go to the field after we kind of like followed it. But yeah, it was right on the water. And. Some scientists have said, I mean, I think it's just, um, we said it in the Bridgewater Triangle, but apparently swamp gas could make those floating orbs, essentially. Mm. But I remember you saying, oh, that's just a cover up. Well, it's a, it's a rare occasion. It does happen. But uh, like government officials have always used the scoop of swamp gas to cover up uh, lights from alien crafts and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, it was a light swamp gas, light off a of swamp gas that fired off a reflection and of I, Venus. And, and I just find and it funny. Weather and balloon. It, and it was funny because where it started was right at that broken bridge. We made the second time around with that broken bridge where we found the shoe. Mm. That's where it started. Remember, it started dancing off that trail. Yeah. And then, yeah, right where the technically it would have been coming from where that homeless camp was. And that's where Mike was like, is that somebody like is that some person? And then also, too, we didn't talk about there. We found um, the second time that we did go back the time of this alien stuff. Mm -hmm. We found a bunch of weird trails that split off that literally almost mimicked like somebody watching people on the trail. Yes, and that's why we also found uh, these old like brick mortar and like building pieces in those those tree line areas, as if that it, maybe a building was there a long time ago. Which, doing some research, yeah, we found that part of Jacksonville was there, but they moved the city more inland to be far away from the water, yeah. to flooding and all that stuff. So, uh, old, I don't know how old Jacksonville is, but old part of Jacksonville was used to be there. So. I guess that makes sense for all you found the brick and mortar stuff like that. But I loved it out because I'm saying that importance compared yeah. to everything else we found. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. But uh, I just thought that was interesting because anybody that listens that is in that area, just be weary because. Now, we haven't been back since this, not because we're afraid, uh, because we just haven't had time. Yeah, but I actually have a story I can tell real quick. You want me to tell it? What? Uh, so I actually was on the other side yesterday. Oh, I was. Yeah. Because this is pretty interesting because I, I couldn't believe this. But uh, we were on, because like I said at the beginning of the episode, there's the trails on one side of the street and then the other side is the playground. We took our, I took my son to the playground part with my, with his grandparents and my brothers. And so we were sitting there and I was like, oh, we're close, we're close. I'm going to turn ghost tube on, right? And so all of a sudden... Over a ghost tube, like I, I could feel things come up to me. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad feeling. Although playgrounds with crowdedness can be very chaotic between the kids and the parents. Anyways, but over the spirit or over the ghost tube, it said he needs scratched. Right. And I was like, oh, shit, what what entity is going to come scratch someone? Right. And so all of a sudden, my dad comes running over and he goes, hey, you think you can scratch my back? Because I feel like a mosquito got in my shirt. What are the odds of that? That's a pretty dang intelligent. And it was like a good chunk of time in between. So I thought that was interesting. 
And while I was sitting there, like I wanted, I can't tell you, I wanted, I was getting pulled to go back to that center field. So I think if we go back, center field is going to be another spot to go back to because I, w- I was definitely getting pulled there yesterday. And I've long gave it up on ideas of arguing with you about locations we go to investigate because regardless of how obscure it seems or how innocent the location is if megan has the pull to go there it's for a good damn reason because the park there's nothing special about it there's no history of it being haunted or anything like that no stories of murders happening or anything of nefarious acts whatsoever but find witches brooms pull demons entities from it see an alien ship possibly land have something throw a piece of wood in our location and see a ball of light fire up into the sky and hover for a little bit as well Mm-hmm. And that's crazy All because in one location. And I've been nagging them to go to the spot for like years. Like Mike and Isaac, and then even our previous team that we were a part of, No Quarter. I had mentioned it multiple times to them, and everyone kind of looked at me like it was nuts. Like a public park, like nah. What's the most? Maybe a couple spirits, you know? Nothing like this. And then I was like, okay, well, you guys saw Patsy's Pond. That's just a walking trail. Granted, there's sinkholes, but that's just a walking trail. You never know. So, if anything, this is definitely... If you think a spot might be haunted, that seems a little bit like, okay, that might not be haunted. But, like, or it seems crazy, out lavish or whatever, landish, that it could be haunted. And it's a basic spot. Go there and test it out because you never know. Yeah, because we've gone to a Civil War graveyard, Civil War trails, and found nothing. No, and that's the thing is like, um, and because that's the thing is like I, uh, there is places around here that are haunted, but it's so oversaturated with paranormal investigators. Nothing to them. Like obviously, it's a hot spot, so everyone's going to go there. But it's so saturated, and we, we have like ten maybe well-known spots, and everybody and their dog goes there. And then you have some teams that are very. I don't know if it's like this all over the country, but in particular around this area, they are extremely territorial. And then that's not even including historical societies that are like, no, what you do is a research project. Like I've been told (laughs) that on emails before, but, um, so I wanted to find new spots. I said, I didn't want to go to the same ones that everybody was going to. So I go where I get pulled I don't care if it's a place that seems crazy, that doesn't seem like it would have anything, but you never know. So, word of advice, if you're starting out and you feel like, I don't know, a random field on a highway, well, as long as it's not someone's property, but like, (laughs) you know, uh, there's a couple probably random sides of highways that I feel like stuff that I've passed and and thought of. No, no, you know what's going to happen now? Huh? People are going to ask you, can you you feel this place out? Would it be a good place to go? (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but we got a, we got a couple on our list that nobody really goes to and <clears throat> I think are going to be hits. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's sure. anything like our last investigations, I would say so. Yeah. And I, I don't know why I'm, I'm so attracted to like wooded areas recently. I wish we could find an indoor location. And all <laughs> investigations we've done, one, one place has been indoors. Yeah. But it's it, like I said over here, it's extremely hard. Either you got to be really in the know, or to like I said, some people don't have the greatest intentions over here, and I'll be the first to say it. 
And you don't have a lot of abandoned Salem asylums or abandoned prisons no, or anything like that. No, not here on the East Coast anyway. No, well, not. I think there is some, but it's so. It's not on East like the Coast Carolina. No, but it's more <laughs> inland. But like when you, I mean, you have to deal with the historical societies. And like I said, I, I messaged someone. I think it was in Winston Salem, and he messaged me back the douchiest message. Like, he could have just easily said, no, no, thank you. We're not into, you know, letting our location be paranormal investigated. Instead, it was, we're not interested in your little research project that you have going on. And it's just like, okay, thanks. Bye. You know, it's like, all righty then. I literally sent that back. (laughs) But um, so and plus, you got to think this area is so enriched with different history and some not so great history. We're in one of the oldest parts of the country. There's a exactly. lot of stuff here. So, yeah. Exactly. So like a random patch of land you don't know could have where like a gruesome mur- murder took place years ago. And I'll be the first to say they don't, the local government, I don't think, this is a personal opinion. This is a personal opinion. This is not fact. So I'm just letting <laughs> this out there. But I don't think they record everything that gets done violence wise or have taken place in the in the previous years i don't think they record all well they may record it but they don't share it with the public so this has been our haunted updates yes that we've been on the bench for a while but we decided to get out to you because this is the beginning of october so this is uh beginning of spooky season well, a better question. way to start it off what i have a quick question what is there anything new that you want to try doing at any new location that we go to oh yes the fact that my ability has increased a couple times over, added some new tricks to my trade, which I'll be in Shadow Walker Part 6, which I think I'll release this month as well. I have, I have enough stuff to do another yeah. part. Uh, that how... Yeah. You got new, new, new tricks to my trade, yes. And then I think with myself, I... So with the remote viewing... Right. I was blind on the episode of the Alaskan Triangle Part Two. If you guys didn't listen to it, I did a remote viewing where I kind of did an Estes method, but I remote viewed at the same time. It's kind of, I would say it's kind of pointless for you to do that location that you're already at. Yeah, but I wouldn't be remote viewing. I'd be tuning into the ether. And I think just taking those those moments to be present and to let things flow through is important because I'm normally doing camera work and I'm just like, I'm just like a sponge. I'm absorbing everything, but I'm not getting a chance to deliver the messages. That makes sense. Now what we should probably do this month. Yes. uh, I know you don't like being on camera, but we probably should do a live you remote viewing SS method slash combination thing at a certain location. Like say Pavilion Island, maybe. Oh, dang. That might be something to look into. Right? Mike's on the other side going, yes, yes do it now. <laughs> I want to see it. Yeah. Uh, or even like, I don't know, Bobby Mackey's or uh, we call it uh, the Cecil Hotel. You know, just some place, famous location that, you know, is, is would uh, definitely bring some stuff back for me to take. Yeah. Yeah. Or not even take, just like. Well, no, it would probably be take pieces of our locations. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's the thing is like some stuff can definitely piggyback on the line of connection that I make when I remove you. Yes. So, yeah. So things to look forward to this month, along with a lot of new episodes and possibly some bonus ones with interviews as well. Yes. Tons of bonus. And yeah. I will be releasing 
I know we've talked about it and I had to re-record it, but I will be doing a lot more um, episodes on abilities this month as well. I know I talked about doing like a spiritual awakening, kind of like tuning into your abilities episode that I recorded, but that the audio did not come through at all. So um, I'm going to re-record it and probably every other week release one for you guys. So... Also, I know, I know we never have really put it out there before, but we probably should start doing it from now on. Uh, we do do bonus episodes throughout the rest of the year. It doesn't necessarily matter what month. Uh, but if you're a paranormal investigator, a psychic, a medium, or anyone in the supernatural world uh, wants to come on the show, just message us through our socials. Yeah. Yeah. We can uh, we bring anybody on who wants to talk about the spooky stuff with us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking so you know of what, you can... Find our socials at uh, Hidden in the Shadows Podcast on Instagram, Hidden in the Shaw 6 on X, Hidden in the Shadows Podcast 2 on TikTok, or links to all our social media and always ways to listen to us at HiddenShadowsPodcast.com. But as always, we'll catch your widows in the next one. Yup.